Welcome to Mike's Take, an informed and opinionated view of the world of sport. Hi guys and welcome to yet another edition of Mike's Take uh, where we discuss some of the latest, most pressing and topical issues coming out of the world of sports, local as well as international. Now today I'm pleased to be joined by Barry Menandi. Barry, how are you doing buddy? Very well, thanks mate. Uh, so good to be on Mike's Take. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so much to discuss, uh, but uh, we're going to get into it just now. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you are emotionally invested in the return of football, not just as a fan, as we all are, but also as the president of Golden Eagles. You must be taking a look at the newspapers. You must be following the, the news and the press releases just to find out the latest information as to what is the plan going forward. Yes, absolutely. We are very keen to see football return. As you said, first and foremost, we're fans, lifelong fans. Uh, we love this game that we call football uh, and would love to see it played once again. Uh, see it, but also play it as well. So we can't wait for football to return from the fan perspective, but also uh, from perspective of the club, because clubs are, are hemorrhaging uh, dollars with their employees uh, being paid for work that is not being done and no revenue ostensibly coming in. So that's the discussion that we want to have with Barry today. It's around the return of football. And the question is to play or not to play. That is the question. And hopefully Barry Manandi will be, help, be able to help us locate some of the answers and, of course, help us in our strategic thinking as to if football does return, how does it return? What does it look like? Or... It shouldn't return at all. And let's just make sure that we keep our cards close to our chest, our money in our pockets, and look to 2021. So, very interesting and topical discussion. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Mike's Take and to tell somebody. Mike's Take. Right, Barry, let's, uh, let's get into it. And uh, I'm just going to ask you straight off the bat, should we play football in 2020? Um, we, we would love to. Um, we all want football to return, but in truth, in, in practical terms and uh, just looking at the calendar, looking at the practicality, looking at the costs, I don't think there's an opportunity for us to play football in 2020. Uh, and that is largely as on the basis that there is no time for preparation, firstly, and then secondly, for competition. Whatever that competition, whatever format it takes, uh, there is no time for it. So I think we need to draw a line underneath it and uh, move on to 2021. When you say that there's no time, okay, today is the 4th of November uh, and there has been talk that uh, there has been a suggested bubble that uh, Zimbabwe football or the Premier Soccer League actually will return uh, with a bubble concept, one in the north, one in the south. That's, uh, I think, uh, covering, of course, Harare and Bulawayo uh, and at the cost of 1.2 million. You talked about there not being time. What is your thinking around that? Well, in truth, uh, if we're to give the teams and the, the, the players enough time to prepare, which is about six weeks for a preseason, uh, we are already diving into sort of the first, second week of uh, December. Uh, they say they want to run a two-week uh, competition in a bubble. Uh, that means that we are going to have this competition running into Christmas. There's no way that football is going to be played uh, during Christmas. These are, after all, uh, family men and women, and they would like to be with their families. So uh, there's no way that we can uh, enforce to say we're going to play this competition through Christmas. So it just it's just not practical. 
if we were to play this competition, we should have gone back to training at a very minimum, at least a fortnight ago. We then would have had a chance to have a nice preseason where we're not risking injury to the players and then have that two-week competition. And you, you notice that the two-week competition is being spoken of merely from a perspective of playing for playing's sake. Because what are we actually yeah. going to achieve? by playing a two-week competition where we're not we're, the fans want to see football yes but are they really going to be sufficed by two weeks of action i don't think so well barry let's pursue the time issue which you brought up and uh, you know the question that begs asking then is why has it taken so long for action to return in Zimbabwe. If you take a look at the numbers around the COVID pandemic here in Zimbabwe, as far as it affected us, uh, you know, first of all, it wasn't a monumental crisis. Uh, we've got to say that. Yes, uh, we have lost people and we regret that and we mourn with those that have lost their loved ones. But the numbers are not as great as those that were suffered even just across the Limpopo in South Africa. Uh, the prevalence of uh, the disease uh, in and around Zimbabwe was not as great. If anything, over the last six weeks, we have seen those numbers now steadily drop. And there have been days where we've recorded zero infections, which means that COVID is on the wane. So why is it taking it this long for us to actually figure out when football would return and if football would return? Commitment, Mike, is, is, is a simple answer. I think there was no commitment on the part of, of football as a family uh, to try and see the, for the, the, the game return. Because uh, in truth, had there been some proactivity, we knew that COVID was coming first and foremost. Then COVID arrived. Uh, everyone could see what was happening around the globe. So when we heard of news in the United Kingdom and Project Restart was being touted, we ourselves should have been engaging ourselves in some sort of a project restart of our own, knowing that we would want the professional game at the very minimum to return. So is that what you're saying? The problem is that we didn't plan for it. We no. didn't have a plan. There was no plan A, B or C, because I'd like to think you used England as an example and project restart in the English Premiership and English football. What they did is that as soon as they went under lockdown, as it were, mm. and stopped playing, they began to plan for the return to action. Great. We kind of went, we, we stopped everything, downed our tools, there was a lockdown, and everyone sat back and waited. And people are now trying to plan after the effect. Yes, and uh, after the fact never works because now we're trying to play catch up. Uh, so it takes a lot. We've noticed with uh, cricket, we've noticed with uh, uh, rugby in, in, in other countries, uh, we've noticed with various sports that have had to return after this COVID-enforced break, that it takes a lot to get sport back because there are considerations that you need to make that are beyond what you would ordinarily do for a training uh, session, what you would ordinarily do for a match day. And that includes things like PPE, the social distancing, the sanitization, the ensuring that the areas where you're operating are disinfected. Those those various elements add an extra strain. So you need to plan meticulously for it. And in truth, we don't, we simply don't have the time to come back to football safely. Who was supposed to lead this planning? Football. Football was supposed to lead the planning. And uh, in football, we're talking about the Federation. Well, you say and football, all who is players. football? <laughs> football is the entire footballing family, which is obviously led by the Federation at the top, which is ZIFA. And they, they should have led the process and then engaged the entire footballing family, that is men's, women's, youth, academies, everybody, 
in one pot and discussing how we could for get football back because uh, when considering the return of football it can't cannot be that we're just considering the premier soccer league it's got to be a consideration for the professional game that is men's women's and that is across all the professional leagues i think in this country goes down to division 1 then we've got to look at the amateur leagues that's division 2 and going downwards we need to look at the youth leagues that's nash naf Then we got to look at the academies and make sure that every single facet of the footballing pyramid is taken care of and right at the bottom of the barrel the social football as well because social football is a big one in terms of spreading the disease in terms of getting together because at the moment they're not governed they're not affiliated they just operate like it's the wild wild west Barry, what would you say then to those that are saying, you know what, we need to play. We're looking forward to this bubble in December. We're looking forward to players getting a lick of action. We're looking forward to at least saying that football was played in Zimbabwe. What do you have to say to those people? Because they are saying that, you know what, uh, they could be, this could be a double-edged sword. Not only does it benefit the players in terms of giving them some game time in 2020, but also it provides the basis for selection for Chan 2021, which is being played in Cameroon in, glad, in the month of January. I'm glad you brought up Chan because um, that looks like that's the uh, sole consideration for bringing back football in the format that it's being brought back. That two-week tournament would essentially be trials for Chan. Now there's a cheaper and more effective I believe way for us to to select the team that will go to Cameroon for that Chan competition and that is for us to select a number of players let's hypothetically talk about 64 players we pretty much know the players that we're going to make a shout for getting into the national team that goes across to their competition so we pick the 64 those that were on form those that we recommend that we think might make it We put them into camp and that camp can be at an inexpensive venue uh, like a teachers teachers college university or whatever the case may be University of Zimbabwe is great because they've got the fields as well where uh, preparations can actually commence uh, get them into into that camp and then begin to prepare them and get them up to speed to a level whereby we can then whittle down to the actual squad that will then go to Cameroon That's going to be less expensive. It's going to achieve the purpose for which we want and then it's going to get us into a place whereby football has done something to ensure that it's competitive come Cameroon. But there are those very that say national teams should be selected on uh, sporty merit uh, that you know the form players, the gun players are the ones that should be selected. Uh, are you suggesting that over the last sort of like 10 months that there wouldn't have been any dark horses in the running for national team selection um the, the sporting merit has got to be on data doesn't it mike and the data that we've got is effective december 2019 so we can only use the data that's in front of us we cannot use data that doesn't exist we haven't played football the whole of 2020 so in truth whoever was good in december 2019 and whoever is good in june 2020 Tough luck. Sorry about that because we just don't have the data on which we can make the decision. So we have to go back to December 2019 to last season and look at it from that perspective. So to put it rather crudely, you're saying listen, if you were crap in December 2019, <laughs> you're likely to to be still crap in December 2020. Uh, so listen, I'll concede that point to you. Uh, let's go to the cost Barry of the return of football because uh, people are talking uh, figures between a million and 1.2 million uh, for football to return for this two-week tournament. Uh, is that wisdom to spend that sort of amount? Uh, on a return on a on a two week kickabout 
no uh, for, for for selecting players that go to Chan and for giving players a, a, a lick of action. Is it worth that sort of investment? Not, not worth it, Mike, in, in my view. And, uh, and that is on the basis that uh, there are other effects of COVID-19 because the funds that we were talking about uh, were dispersed, or at least the, the pool of funds that they hope to draw down from, uh, the pool of funds that were sent by FIFA as COVID-19 relief. Now, there are other effects of COVID-19 that do not relate necessarily or directly to us bringing the game back. So let's take that 1.2 million, take a portion of it, Test the players that are going into camp, the, the 64 or whatever number we decide upon. Make sure that they get a great camp, that they get the best coaching that is possible and prepare them for Cameroon. And we're going to have a huge chunk of change remaining behind. Now, then we look at the economic and sub-economic uh, effects of COVID-19 and begin to uh, institute mitigatory measures. Because when we come back to training, let's say we start come back in January, we're still going to need PPE. We're still going to need sanitization, disinfection and all of those elements. So let's prepare properly for coming back in January. That sort of thinking, Barry, the thinking that football has to return, players have got to get back onto the field and play. Is that as a result of the fact that we have failed to see football for what it is, that it's a business and that the product that we see at Rufaro Stadium, at Mandava, at Barber Fields, at National Sports Stadium on a Saturday or on a Sunday, that is just the end product mm. of a business. Yeah. And so, like you were saying, the effect of COVID is far greater than the players not playing. Yeah. If people viewed our football clubs as businesses, if people viewed football as an industry in Zimbabwe, they would realize that perhaps 90% of the effect of COVID is perhaps away from the playing field. You nailed it, Mike. And uh, that is the issue that when we think about the professional game, we assign the name and term professional to being a slick operation that we see. But no, professional, there's a more base uh, definition for professional, and that is someone who does a particular task or does a particular thing for a financial reward at the end of the day. So we've got professional footballers. They, that's what they do for a living. I laugh when I hear various uh, uh, sporting organizations saying that, oh, we're employing our players at a particular business or they're going to be doing this in the tobacco industry or whatever the case may be. They shouldn't. They should be playing football. And that's where we have a problem, where footballing businesses are not considered businesses. They're considered pastimes. So uh, they can wait until the, they can wait to the back of the queue. And when we get to you, we'll get to you. Uh, you can come back when we think it's okay for you to come back. You mentioned that the money came in from FIFA, Barry, that a very generous grant that came in from Zurich. Uh, the cynics are saying the money is there. Why not spend it? The money is there. If you don't spend it now, this money is going to disappear out of the Football Association's coffers. Well, if it does, then we hold the, 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 the football administrators to account. Uh, but I think that just for the sake that the money is there doesn't mean that we just spend it imprudently. I think we've still got to exercise some prudence because if the same thing we are accusing our football administrators of, we must be wary not to be guilty of. Because if we are saying, let's just spend it on this fleet of fancy, flight of fancy, which is exactly what it is, uh, this whole bubble concept. If we're spending it on this flight mm. of fancy, we are no different to them who are spending and are profligate in terms of using that money for purposes that it's not meant for. We have to be held to a higher standard and say to ourselves, let's use that money wisely. Let's ensure that we use it in a fashion that it's going to give us the best return. And in my view, if we go into the bubble, we're not using that money 
in a way that's going to actually give us a good return. Uh, so just because the money is there doesn't mean it has to be spent now. That money could be spent next year yep. on other things that actually have long-term benefits for the game. Uh, I mean, I just think on the top of my mind, because this is this is Zifa money, as it were, I'm thinking we've got an AFCON qualification campaign. Correct. Correct. We've got Chan that we're working on. We could invest that money in those areas. We could invest the money in alleviating the effects mm. of COVID to the business that is football and making sure that most of our clubs are in rude health for season 2021 rather than making sure that we have a kickabout in 2020 and as you mentioned the timelines not the best at the moment i hope we have managed to stimulate some thinking barry for those that are listening and hopefully they'll be able to view the return of football in a different way Oh, certainly, and uh, my, my hope is that there is cool heads in the room, there's uh, mature heads in the room, and someone is at least the adult in the room and says to themselves that this is not a prudent use of the funds that we have. Rather, let's invest them in the areas that you've spoken about. And in truth, if we invest that money into the clubs that are there, the professional clubs, and maybe even down at the amateur level, that is the primary economy of football. The secondary economy of football, the guys who sell the ice creams at stadiums, the guys who are, are doing businesses as a result of what's happening around football are going to benefit as a result of money be going through the footballing economy. So let's not look at it uh, so in such a narrow view. Uh, we should take a broad view of this and uh, realize that this money could actually have far reaching benefits for a lot of people if, we, if it's used correctly. Oh, thank you so much, Barry, for joining me on Mike's Take. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It was great as a, a debut on Mike's Take and uh, this is a fantastic platform and hopefully there'll be many more to come. So I did ask the question, to play or not to play? Now, frankly, I think to play would be a waste of time, effort and resources that could be better channeled elsewhere. What football needs in this moment is strategic thinking coming out of Zifa, the SRC and the Ministry of Sport. That's my take mike's take now thanks for listening guys don't forget to rate review and subscribe to mike's take and to tell somebody don't forget you can follow mike on twitter at mike madura or catch him every weekday on zfm sports